It used to be. Well, get your Bibles out and go to, uh, um, well, go to, go to 1 Samuel 16 and then pop Revelation 1, 4 through 6 on the screen. Revelation 1 through 4 through 6. This morning's sermon is called The Making of a King. Three people. I'm going to keep them another half an hour, God. I'm going to keep them a long time. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you and you should listen and pay attention. To the seven churches which are in grace and peace be to you, who was and sent to come in the seven spirits before the thrones. Go to five. Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Who's he talking about? A lot of times people read that and think they're talking about literal heads of countries or heads of state. He's not. The Bible calls Jesus the king of kings, lord of lords. Who's the king? You and I. You and I are the kings that he's referring to. Now, let, let, let's dive into this just a second because we want, I want to get into this. Who do you think the government and the millennial reign is? Thank you, Gary. We are. What do you think you're sitting in church today for? Getting ready for it. If any of you that talking about when you die, when you get 80, you ain't dying when you get 100. You ain't dying when you're 500. Amen. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Get over when I die. You ain't going to die. You'll change, you'll change locations and step out of that old tent that you've been dragging around, but you ain't going to die. The kings of the earth who loved him and washed us from our sins in his own blood. God is working on turning you into a king. Now, just because he began a good work, listen, we're going to read another scripture. He who began a good work in you. Now, let's go to that scripture because I want to show you something. This, if you're going to get fired up today, or I'm going to, never mind. Let's, let's look at another one. Philippians 1.6. Look at Philippians 1.6 real quick. Being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work in you will complete it. Now listen, when God made Jesus, the Bible says that he had, that Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Now y'all thought he was just always sweet. He learned obedience. Now he never sinned, but God, it took him 30 years to get him ready for ministry. He had a humanity. He was totally human. He had to obey his mommy, had to obey his daddy. He had to deal with the religious system of his day. He had to learn obedience in order to get him ready to rule and reign. God, God is getting you ready for the next place in your life, the next step in your life. But everything, every day of the week, every day of the month, God is constantly working in you to get you ready for the next place in life. And in other words, the further you go in God, the greater authority you have in the kingdom of God. I remember the day that Justin, finally I took Justin deer hunting, and he looked at me, and he, and he had a little 20-gauge single shot shotgun, and I, I bought it for him. But let me tell you a little secret. He never went off by himself. I was always right there like Barney Fife with his one bullet. You know, you don't give a kid a shotgun. 
they'll shoot everything and blow the mailbox up. And but I remember one day we're out hunting, and he said, Dad, I want to go back to camp. Can I take my gun? Listen, listen. That boy had proved to me that I could trust him. On the way back to camp, he sat on a rock, and he took a doe in heat call. He's acting like a doe that wants a boyfriend. And he starts playing with it. And he turns around, and there's a spike buck standing about five feet behind him looking at him going, what kind of doe are you? And Justin thought, Shondai, put the bullet in, turned around and shot his first buck. How I don't know how old he was, 12 or 13 years of age. And, um, but I had to trust him. Come on, y'all. Help me out a little bit. You, God don't trust you. You're, you're running around with power in your mouth, and then you're driving down the road, and you tell the cars in front of you, move out! and all the cars jump off the highway. He ain't giving you that kind of power. You'd already, he, he's like that. Don't, don't, don't crank up that guy's power. He, he, he'll kill somebody on I-4. Man, you just leave him alone. So God is constantly working on you and I to get us to a place where he can give us more rulership in the earth. Amen. So I'm gonna use two men. Go to 1 Samuel I want to talk about David, and I'm going to use David, David's life, on how God took him from a sheepfold to the throne. Now, I may not get done today. Lord have mercy, I'm going to try. Because I don't want to burn through this. But, but, but listen, I've learned this over time. God has a process You, you and I want to just jump right in there. Uh-uh. He's got a process. And every time you get to a place, he's got another process to take you further. See, all of y'all are in a process right now. And you're, and you're in it going, I don't think I like where I am. Well, do what he says and you can move on. I remember when I first started tithing, God demanded an extra $5. I'll guarantee you he didn't give me a quarter of a million after I did that. He gave me 50. Because of where I was in my walk with him. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven, I got 50. There came a day, there came a day when I was given 50s away. And he was giving me thousands. Then there came a day when I was giving thousands away. But I didn't begin there. You, you start in first, honey, you're going to second. You're not going to fourth. If, say, I'm ready to rule and reign just like Jesus. All right, let's go. Let's go. At least I got 1 Samuel 16, 1. 
the Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now, let me tell you something. The very first thing you need to understand is that God chooses you to be a king. You don't. God is looking for people that he can lift up and take them where he wants to go. And there is an issue going on here that we have to discuss number one, numero uno, first. He just said Saul was the king. But I've rejected Saul as being king, but I've got a new one, and it says I've selected David, a man after my own heart. Now, let's talk about Saul versus David for just a moment. Saul was a people pleaser, and David is a God pleaser. Now, once you understand that the very first requirement for ruling and reigning is that you literally are living your life on this earth on what God thinks about you and not what people think about you and what the world thinks about you, and you're not living a self-centered life. If you have not gotten past that, I got news for you. All the faith message is is a message, and you will never see it work. This message doesn't work everywhere. It would if people worked it. But in order to name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, and, and, uh, and, and walk in authority, if you say, I'm going to take authority over the devil, well, not until you submit to God. Until you submitted to God, forget resisting the devil. The devil's not paying attention to anybody not under God. You want it to work for them. It's not a button and a lever. So God's rejected Saul, and he says, I found a young man that I want to raise up and be a king. And we're going to get into Goliath a little bit, but not a lot because you've heard that story so many times. Some of y'all could run a slingshot all by yourself. Verse 2, Samuel said, how can I go? Let's look at so, so God said, I'm, I've, I've picked a, uh, this boy named David. Verse 6, and it was when they came, God told Samuel, I, go and find this, this boy, and he goes to um, where, uh, Jesse, the Bethlehemite's house, and so Samuel got there, and uh, verse 6, and it was when he came, he looked, and Eliab, and, and, he, and he saw all of Jesse's sons. Now, all of Jesse's sons are GQ studs, handsome, good-looking, muscles, and God said no. God has a standard, and the world has a standard, and I'm going to tell you something. If you want God's blessings, you're going to need to forget the standard the world says. Now, let's talk about beautiful girls a moment. Don't brag to a beautiful girl and tell her how beautiful she is because she didn't do it. Being beautiful, you did nothing. Your mama and your daddy did it, but you didn't do nothing. If you want to brag on a girl, brag on what she does, not how pretty she is. 
If you want to brag on a, on a young man, don't brag on how good looking he is because in the eyes of God and everybody else, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. That is why ugly people do better. I'm preaching to myself right now, y'all. Just gonna, listen, 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 listen. They did a survey one year in a college, and they found out that all the beautiful girls married ugly men. And, and, and they said, they said that, that became a strain. They thought, why didn't the, the cheerleaders marry the football players? But they didn't. And the girls, they interviewed the girls, and they said, well, they said, the ugly guys have to be nice to us because they have nothing else going for them. And they married nice men and not stud muffins. Thank y'all. Some of you good-looking guys is amazing. Y'all got married at all. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. So we're looking at, we're looking at Eliab, and he said, don't look at his appearance or at the physical statute because I've refused him. If, when you start walking with God, you need to understand something about God. God is interested in one thing in you, and that is your heart. Amen. Now, the good news is you can be ugly and successful. Not in Hollywood you can't. Unless they're making a movie about ugly people. What's that thing, the, the movie where the guys are walking around dead? I've never seen it. The Walking Dead reminds me of some cities. California's The Walking Dead, you know. I have seen commercial. I hope none of y'all have ever watched that. That's absolutely stupid. Some of y'all are going, I've watched it. Okay. Now listen, well, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, Zach. The Lord said to Samuel, don't look at their appearance or the physical statues. I refused him. The Lord doesn't see as man sees, but he looks at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. We're, so the first thing we're going to talk about is your heart. The standard the world has placed on you does not matter. Today, I worked for a company one time that, well, they had a big lunch and they went around the room and wanted to know what college everyone went to. Oh, yeah. I mean, they went around at Harvard and Yale and, and they got to me and I went, Raymond, they went, ah. Ah. I was the only successful person there, and I was the bus driver. The standard that the world will try its best to put upon you. I, young people, listen to me. If God tells you to get a, go to college, you go to college. But you make sure your heart's right. Because if your heart's not right, 50 years of a lower education isn't going to do you a bit of good. And we done found out that Biden can't pay for it now. If you've created a bill, pay, pay your own bills. Thank you. That went over like a lead balloon. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So in verse 11, anyway, 
so, so he comes there and he lines up all of the good-looking guys. Verse 8, and Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and God went, nope, and Shema, and he went, nope. And then in verse 10, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said, uh, nah, he ain't here. And Samuel looked at Jesse and said, are all the young men here? And he said, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have one more, but even we don't like him. How many of y'all have ever been the one in the family that everybody went, not them? You know, when I was a kid, they made yearbooks. I looked for me in it, and I'm not there. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean, I'm seeing all my friends there and all the football games and all the cheerleaders and all the music people, and I mean, there's just no place in there for Squirrel Hunter in the yearbook. I mean, I was just not in it. I'm, I'm, I'm not whining or crying. I'm just telling you the truth. The, the, the tribe... The, 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 Jesse was the lowest family in Israel. And David is not even welcome at the dinner table. Now, he's the lowest of the lowest and, and the most despised of all people, but not by God. Not by God. Let me tell you something. When God puts his hand on you, when God puts his kiss on you, when God says, that's the one I want right there, there's not a devil in a hell or a human being on the planet that's going to stop you from going where God wants you to go. Doesn't matter what your family says. Doesn't matter what society says. He calls David and he says, there's one more. And they, went, they said, where is he? And they went, now, I don't know whether y'all know this or not. The shepherd in the Bible is the lowest job in the world. That was the, the dumb people. Stick them out. Because any idiot could take care of sheep. All you got to do is take a slingshot and just sling it stuff all day and just sit and watch sheep. So, so when they said, to, they said, well, we, there is one more. And he said, we won't sit until he comes. And they went and got David and they brought him and, and Samuel anointed David with oil. Now, one of the things that we've already learned is David had a heart after God. Now, some of you people look at me like, how does God find me in a pop car? Don't I need to go to a big church in Orlando? No. God can find you in Zellwood. No matter where you are or what you're doing, when your heart is right, God will find you. And he'll send somebody to anoint you. Now, let me back up a minute. Let me tell you a story. When I'm living in Athens, Georgia, and a lot of people say, what good could come out of Georgia? I'm going to tell you not a human on the planet knew who I was, but God knew who I was. And right out of the middle of, 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 of all the mess, I'm living in a little house in Whitehall, no carpet on the floor, no heat, and no air conditioning, and a pot-bellied wood stove. And none of that hindered God from finding me. 
and saying, I got my hand on you, and I got something I want you to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. A lot of times people are looking around going, what do I need to do to promote myself? Get on your knees. Get on your face before God. Because if God don't lift you, you ain't going anywhere. That is a valuable piece of information. All right. Verse 13, he took the oil, the, the oil and he poured it over his head. Verse 14, 16, 14. And the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and distressing spirit from, from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant says, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful player on the harp, and it will be that he will play in his hand, discern, distressing spirit of God will come upon you, and all will be well." So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. He, 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 he doesn't know who to find. Now listen to me. The Holy Ghost knows who you are and where you are. You, you and, when the Bible says cast all your cares, don't live on this planet struggling how you're going to make it to the top. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let God lift you. Let him take you where you want to go. A lot of people come into my church and go, I've called God on my life and I want a pulpit. Well, if I can't get you to wash feet, you certainly don't need to be in a pulpit. Are y'all out there? You're just a, you're just a problem. Because all it is is chief foot washer. We have chief foot washer, associate foot washer, worship leader foot washer, youth pastor foot washer, children pastor foot washer. And we all started in the same place, scrubbing toilets. I want to be in ministry. I want you to be in ministry too. Come next week, we have a brush. Well, that's not what, what, I, what, what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, am I boring you? I hope not. Provide me now, man. I always said that. And one of the servants answered and said, Look, there's a son of Jesse. Where in the world? He, all they know about this boy, he went out watching sheep in Bithlow. That's worse than Zellwood. And yet God found him. Say promotion comes from the Lord. Oh, I got a scripture. I want you to pop it on the screen. I just, 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 hold on. Psalm 75, 6. I jumped right past the scripture. 75, 6. Exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Go to the next one. But God is the judge. He puts one down. He lifts another. Don't jump past the, listen, God is looking for hearts, not skill, not brains. Honey, he would prefer you not to bring your brains with you. He'll give you his mind. Brain not needed, body and soul. Please come. Okay, I skipped past one. I'm going to show you something right here. Go to 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Go to there, 1 Corinthians. I skipped past this a while ago. You see your calling, brethren? 
Not many of you were wise according to the flesh. Not many were mighty. Not many were noble that are called. You ever notice the kind of people God uses? Look up front. Barefoot hillbilly from Georgia who used to trap raccoons, shoot squirrels, and eat possums. And I got saved. I see, the problem with y'all, y'all can't hunt squirrels. Y'all don't know nothing about hunting no squirrels. One day I'm going to give you a recipe on squirrel brain and squirrel tongue. You just boil the brain until it gets real soft, and you pop it out, and it's really white and mushy, and it's really tasty. And the tongue looks like a huge cashew nut. Very, very good. You want to know what kind of people? <laughs> You're good? I'll take you hunting one day. We're going to teach you how to eat in the woods and catch catfish with your hands. Yeah. Put it on a stick and cook it. Yeah. You, you city boy. I can't pick on everybody like I can Zach. Zach's tough skin. Okay. All right. Lisa don't even skin her own deer. She don't know nothing about that. <laughs> when we're out hunting, I hear bang, and I'm looking at my phone. Come now. <laughs> I said, where's that knife I bought you? She goes, you need to borrow it? <laughs> City girl. You got a man. I was hunting with Josh Brown one day, and we were up in Georgia, and I went, I'm not saved this week, so don't, don't, don't look at me spiritually, because if it's brown, it will hit the ground, and we will gut it and skin it and clean it and hang it and go get another one. So I'm going to revert back to my old ways for seven days. Just leave me alone. I don't know. I got to get back on spiritual things now. Wilson, help me out a little bit here. I mean, I need an amen from over there or something. From... Okay. All right. Think about this. Go to Luke 4, 18 for a minute. I want you to see this. It takes a while. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. No, that ain't it. Forget it. It's the one right before that. It's above that. And that's my fault you didn't get it. You ever notice when Jesus went to his own hometown and he stood up to preach, what kind of welcome he had? Not good. When God picks you, I need you to understand, don't expect your family to get excited. Because they don't. All you are is the carpenter boy. Isn't that the carpenter boy? Isn't that that redneck from Georgia? <laughs> yeah. Now, understand something. If you're looking for accolades from your family because God put his hand on you, you're not going to get it. David didn't get it either. Because right after he was anointed, you know what the family did when he got up as anointed? Uh, don't you have some sheep to take care of, boy? 
And he's back out there taking care of sheep until the Spirit of God called him, until God called him to go into the palace and minister to the king. He was going to, he'd have still been there. Now, I want you to understand this because in the making of a king, you need to understand this. You don't make you a king. God makes you a king. God promotes. God lifts up. God will take you. And even if everyone around you does not know what just happened to you, it doesn't matter. Quit casting your pearls before swine, and I am referring to your relatives. I didn't write the scripture. I'm just quoting it. All right, let's go to another one. Seventeen. Seventeen twenty-six. Now David has now been sent back to take care of the sheep, and in twenty-six, his father said, "I need you to take some food to your brothers, the army men, the mighty warriors fighting a battle. Take them some cheese and milk, shepherd boy." Now think about what's going on here. Even his father has no clue what's happening. Now, David says in 26, uh, well, let's read 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen the man who has come up? Surely he's come to defy Israel. It'll be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and give him his daughter. And David goes, I get the girl? You thought he was being spiritual, didn't you? He's like, I've seen her. She's fox. And she's hot. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll marry her. Tell me how, where to kill this big junk. And David spoke to the members who stood by him and said, what shall be done to the man who kills the Philistine takes away the repose from Israel? And who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, and so shall be the son to the, the ones who kills him. And Eliab, his oldest brother, heard it, and he said, his anger was aroused against David and said, why have you come down here and who did you leave the sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. You came to see the battle. What battle? Yeah, Ain't nobody fighting nobody. Now listen, listen to me. The moment God puts his hand on you, the, the Bible says that, the, that the, the righteous are bold as a lion. You're going to notice that when God starts moving you up, you're going to get something in you called holy boldness. That's, and the world calls it arrogance. Arrogant is self-propulsion, and, and, and boldness means that you're waiting on God to do it. So your faith, boldness is faith in God and, and arrogance is faith in self and yet his brother who is arrogant thinks David is being arrogant and I'm here to tell you that once you start walking with God and once you start growing in God and once you start having miracles you're going to have people hanging around you and you're going to say something and to go who in the Sam Hill do you think you are? Who you're running around talking about? I said, who you don't only God can do. Who do you think you are? Don't expect your family to understand your newfound faith and your newfound anointing and your newfound walk with God. 
The anointing is going to turn you into a king to where you start acting like a king. The world around you, especially your family, will not understand you. How come y'all hadn't done something about this thing in the White House? How come y'all hadn't done something about all the lost people in this city? How come you, listen, faith people, faith people sound, uh, we don't like him very much. Well, how come, how long are you going to put up with that sickness? I don't think I'd put up with that mess in my body in the name of Jesus. Well, you hurt my feelings. Well, I wouldn't put up with that at all. Well, you want to get religious people stirred up. You start walking by faith. You start acting like the Bible's true. You, you, you want to mess people up? How, how come y'all hadn't done something about that loud-mouthed giant? What did da- David just, his brother's going, you little punk. Why? Because Eliab is a coward. Listen, you start ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. You can go on the internet right now, and there, there is all kinds of stuff on Hagen and Copeland and Jessad the planets, and, and these people call themselves little gods. <laughs> Jesus said, you're a god. He said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. You go, therefore, and cast out devils. Oh, we've been praying about it. Oh, God, do something about the devil. If it be thy will, do something about the big Eliab, Eliab wimp. Are y'all ready to be king? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Do, you. do you even want to do this? Because <laughs> it's going to make a different person out of you. Now, secretly, when they get in trouble, they will call you. Call Aunt Lisa. She'll pray. God will fix it. But we don't get invited to too many parties. You don't want, you don't want him over here because he's going to wreck our party by talking about Jesus and saying something to us about our tattoos and our earrings and our lack of bathing suits. Moving right along. Is that too much? No, Alicia's looking at me going, that's not. I can go deeper. She's like, no, just swim on the surface a while. So David gets there. Of course, we we know he killed Goliath. Of course, everybody's excited after he did that. Now, 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 now look at this one. John 15, 18. Go to John 15, 18. Say, I want to be a king. If the world, oh, snap. What? How many of y'all know that all the rest of the world right now is very different than us? 
I mean, if you even hint that a he, she is not a he or a she, him, God help us, Jesus. Well, that's just so unloving. No, it's love because I'm going to try to keep you out of hell. Oh, that's just so brutal. Why did Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, hide? It, now, let's, let's get a picture here. God walks in the garden, and he goes, they were here yesterday. I want to know where they went. Adam! You really think God didn't know where he was? He's going, Adam! Over there behind the bushes, Why do all your friends, when you say go to church, they go, oh, no, no. <laughs> I got something to do. Yeah. Hey, Adam, yeah. if you weren't living in sin, you'd love church. Amen. Right. Oh, I'm afraid they're going to turn the flashlight on. We will. We don't even have to turn it on. You just walk in and, you're, and they're worshiping God and you go over there back there going, I'm very uncomfortable in here. So they have nothing else left to do. Now here, listen, listen to what, Saul was a people pleaser. David was a God pleaser. If you're going to be a God pleaser, you're going to have people don't like you. Make up your mind right now whether it's God or people. Because as long as you're trying to compromise to get everybody to like you, God don't. Your days of ruling and reigning are over. The moment you decide to obey God, you're going to stick out like a neon sign in the world that you're living in right now. I mean, walk in a room and go, praise the name of Jesus and watch, the, watch them scatter. I was at a party one time. It was a high, highfalutin big dog party. Um, a lot of rich people were there, and they handed me a drink, and they said, what would you like to drink? And I said, ginger ale. Would, what would you like in it? Ice. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. So I'm walking around with my, and I walked in a room, and someone asked me a question. I said, Jesus. And the room emptied. People just disappeared. And there's two people standing there, and I went, I think you guys want to know what I have. Yes. Where did everyone go? <laughs> I've been asked to leave jobs because I sang. Just singing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Shut up, Morgan. Would you prefer me cuss? Yes. I had a boss one time said, if you just cuss, we'd like you. I said, but God wouldn't like me anymore. That boss is in hell. He died at 40. God sent me there to help him. He didn't receive it. He fired me. And then he died. 
I didn't die. I still got a long ways to go. Are y'all ever thinking? Anybody want to be a king? All right. Yeah, I want you to notice that not everybody liked Jesus. One of the thing, one of the biggest problems we're having today in America is compromise. It seems that we think, well, if I just shut up, quiet is consent. It is true. And the rest of you that are uncomfortable. Go to 1 Samuel 24, 1. We're going to skip. We're going to skip over. The making, all that David is going through, God is taking him from glory to glory to glory. He's got to keep passing tests to go to the next level. He passed the my family don't like me test and the Goliath test and my brother don't like me test. He's passing test. This is one of the ones that I think is the, one of the biggest tests that God gave David to make sure he was ready for the throne. Are you ready for this one? 24, it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines. It was told him, take note, David is in the wilderness of En Now you understand, now Saul doesn't like David anymore. Here's why. When he went to battle, he had a greater victory than Saul. It says, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Listen to me. When God starts using you, there will be people who will not like you anymore. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. When you hang around preachers, and I want you all to pay attention. Whenever you see me walk into a room full of preachers, they'll say, hey, Pastor Darrell, how's your church? Don't care whether I live or die, sink or swim. They just want to know how my church. What they're saying is, are you bigger than me or am I bigger than you? Preachers are not all that spiritual either, but God's using whoever he can find. And sometimes they're growing up in the process. We all did. Now listen, so, so I was down in Venezuela, and I have a church of 200 people, and I'm preaching in a church of 1,000 people. And the lady said, how many people are you running? Well, let me tell you something. I knew more, I forgot more Bible than that woman ever learned. And she needs me there. I said, right now, seven billion. She went, no, 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 that's not what I meant. And I said, it's what I meant. I didn't answer her question because she's going to size me up based on the size of my church. You can get 1,000 people in Venezuela just by showing up and opening a building up. I mean, you don't even have to be deep and get people to come into a building. You just have watermelon, they'll all come. Amen. Well, while I was there, we got a whole bunch of people saved, healed, delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost in their church. Okay. Now, in America today, everyone gauges you by the size of the crowd. How are you doing? Am I bigger than you? All right. Now, how I got off on all that? I don't know how to go. Where was I? 
verse 1. It happened when Saul, 24-1, returned from following the Philistines. David is in the wilderness of En Gedi, and Saul took 3,000 chosen men, and they're going to go kill David. So let me ask you a question. What is David doing that's got Saul so troubled? I thought it was Saul that disobeyed God. What does David have to do with that? Nothing. You know all the people you hate? It's because you're not living right. Nobody's stopping you. And no one's hindering you. If God, if you're, if you're obeying God, God will lift you. If you're disobeying God, he will not. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and God will lift you up. You say, but I'm not being lifted up. Well, that's between you and God, not between you and someone else. No sense in you getting upset that other people are blessed and you are not. Oh, we got a whole lot of people on the planet right now. They're mad at everybody. Now, listen, Russia's mad at Ukraine. Ukraine's mad at Russia. And now they're mad at Syria, and Syria's mad at Iraq. And Iraq. Stop. Amen. Don't bring that here. Yes. Do you want to go to the top? Yes. Say yes. yes. Please, God. Yes. Folks, this is quite simple. But yet, if you start obeying God and you become successful, you're going to have even Christians not like you. Now, let's, let's case in point. Go back one day. Don't do it, but get on YouTube and find out all the hate mail on name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Why do they do that? Because they don't have miracles. They can't produce them. They're not walking with God. And so they have to shoot at those who do so that other people don't know how backslidden they are. When you don't have a move of God, the only person to blame is you. But not in America, not in American churches. I mean, we got churches that hate each other. In that should not be. So we're going to read. We're going to read another story. I'm going to tell you this story, and we're going to get into this. The last test you're going to have to pass is to love those who hate you and to do good to those who despitefully use you. You're not allowed to get in that fight. Someone asked Brother Hagin, he said, what are you going to do about all the people talking about you? And he said, nothing. I'm not the head of the church. That's not a fight you want to get in. Well, y'all, I'm doing better than y'all amen, but that's okay. At least it's my one man, one woman band up here. Saul took 3,000 men and went to seek David. Verse 3, and he came to the sheepfolds by the road. There was a cave there, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. <laughs> That's in the Bible. David, David snuck up behind him and cut the back of his robe off. And the men of David, the ver verse 4, and the men of David said to him, And this day, Lord, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you'll do to him as it seems good. When they're prophesying on him, kill him. Kill him. He's attacking you. Kill him. Are y'all out there? Now, I want you to know something. David is not after the throne. Did you know that? David's after God. 
David's never been after the throne. David's one cry is to obey God. See, you'll pass all tests if that's the focus. So Saul is in there. David is behind him with a sword. And he can stop all of his troubles right now. So he thinks. What good would it do to take matters in your own hand and lose the favor of God? There's, a, there's, there's something I heard Brother Hagin say. Never blow a man's candle out thinking it'll make yours brighter. It happened that, verse, verse 4, he said, And David arose secretly, cut off the corner of Saul's robe, and it happened afterwards his heart bothered him. Why would his heart bother him? Because he thought he had offended God. Let me tell you something. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Out of your heart is the issues of life. Never allow your heart to become defiled. It happened afterwards. Go to, go to verse 6. And he said to the man, Lord forbid, when I do this thing to my master, your master's trying to kill you. We had a minister. I won't name names got on the radio back in the 70s and started attacking another man of God. One day I'm at Ramah and the Lord said to me, go home, don't go to school today. I've only missed one day in two years of going to Bible school. And the Lord says, stay home, don't go to school today. I thought, it's strange. I turned on the TV, preacher's preaching. The Lord said, he will fall. I said, Lord, why are you telling me this? He said, because I want you to know why. He's going to get involved with a woman. But the woman's not the problem. The woman, he's going to fall because I took my hand off of him. And I took my hand off of him because he's attacking other ministers. Because they were starting to get a ministry bigger than his. And within a year, he was gone. Now you'll go to heaven. But God took his hand off of him because he attacked the church. Listen to me. You come to church, there's, in every church, there's at least four gossips. And the way you know them is they all hang out together. And they'll all talk to you about, have you prayed about Rosa lately? Let's pray about Rosa. Have you heard about what she's doing? You close your ears and you walk away. What Rosa does and what Rosa doesn't is none of your business. That's between Rosa and God. If you hear it, you say, Heavenly Father, you bless Rosa. If Rosa's wrong, help her. But Father God, I'm not a tacker, and I'll not cut off her robe. You say, I don't like Rodney. Hush. I don't like Jonathan. None of your business. Are y'all ready to go? I'm going to get a little deeper here. One day Jesus and John and Peter are standing on the seashore, and Peter said, 
What about John? And Peter turned to him and said, John's none of your business. You do what I tell you to do, and you leave John alone. Peter went, well, Sean died. <laughs> you ever think about the fact that God is big enough to take care of people? Listen to me. That person you're talking about might have failed, and they might have repented, and they might have gotten right with God, and now you're running their reputation down. Why don't you? Love says love believes the best. It takes no character to gossip. It takes a lot of character to be quiet and then go find them and lift them up. It says that spiritual people lift people when they're down, not tear them down. This is the making of a king. David's gone through the family thing. Now he's gone through the Goliath thing and his last test. What are you going to do when the king don't like you? What are you going to do when you have a chance to kill your enemies? I'm going to leave it to God. We had a minister moved into a popco that looked at me one day and said, I'm going to run your donkey out of town. And I went, what did I do to you? I only have 200 people. You have 2,000. Why do you want to run my donkey off? I'm trying not to use the A word. Yeah, listen. And I went to God. Humbly. You asked me to do this. He's your son. Your problem. Bless him. What you bless can't hurt you. I said, I would like it if you'd move him out of town. A 200-member preacher moved a 2,000-member off. Because I'm not fighting with God's kids. I'm preaching better than you, amen. I'm going to tell you the thing that will hinder you faster is, is if you have ought against any. He didn't say sin. He said ought. That means you don't just like them at all. They done done me wrong. If someone done you wrong, go find them and buy them a, a, a cup of coffee and a, and a panini and take them out to lunch. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. I don't believe that David ever would have made the throne if he hadn't have passed this test. Did God take care of Saul? Sure, he took care of Saul. Who is taking care of you? Say, God, God. humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. Now, I got one more. We got time? Oh, 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 I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Please give me permission. I'm going to do it anyway. They give me permission. <laughs> First Samuel 22, 1. We're going to go backwards. All right, here, here's... Here's one more test you have to pass. One more test. Are y'all doing so far? Y'all doing good so far? Okay. Verse 22, one. It departed from there and they escaped to the cave of Abdullam so that when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down there and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered him and became captain. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. God will never give you something to do that's a finished work. 
You say, I have called God on my life. The people he's going to send you are going to be all screwed up. I'm going to come over here and preach. <laughs> there ain't no ready-made church full of people who love God. They're all crazy. They're like Zach and Amber. They're like Paul. They're like Gary. They're like Wilson. Need I go around the room? Arosa. Um, listen to me. Everybody God's ever sent me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, just, get, just send me three or four good ones. But look at Russell now. Look at Russell now. Look at Angela now. Look at Zach and Amber now. Come on, come on. Now, 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 now. <laughs> I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. When I had a youth group, y'all want to know ministry, minister to teenagers. They're crazy. They're all crazy. My youth group, I had two homosexuals. I had a boy and a girl who had sex more than any human beings I've ever met in my entire life. They, they, they were beating rabbits. I'm serious. I had the most carnal, whining, crying, thumb-sucking bunch of kids you've ever seen in your life. And, I, and I'm preaching, and they're over there brushing their hair and playing with their Game Boy. And I said, God, I send me some Christians. I'm working, I'm working at an apartment complex. And I'm standing out, and the apartment complex is so ratted, raggedy, ratted out. The, the parking lot was just, it was supposed to be paved, but it was gravel. And I'm standing there, 50% of the apartments are empty. This place is a pit. But, but I could live there because I didn't have any money. I was a youth pastor. Praise the Lord. And, and, I'm, and I'm crying about this youth group. And I hear this person walk up behind me. And I'm, and I'm, I'm turning to see who it is and look. There ain't nobody there. And, they, and someone grabbed me and my shoulders went. That means Jesus has got me in his... He, and I, if you saw me standing there alone, you'd think, what's wrong with his shoulders? <laughs> and he said, I sent you here because I have a problem. And I sent you here because I believe you can do it. And I went, yes, sir. <laughs> then we give you all good news. Within a year... Every one of them are filled with the Holy Ghost. Every one of them are on fire for God. And every one of them were out witnessing. And the day that I looked up in my living room and, and I said, y'all can go play. And they said, we don't want to play. We want to pray. The Lord said, I'm done with you here. And that day in the parking lot, he said, and when I'm done with you here, 
I have another problem I'm sending you to. And he sent me here. Sandy, Sandy, tell him it, it, well, she won't tell you. She was part of the problem. <laughs> Jody, I want you to tell him it was a, it, this place was a mess. Now, listen, listen to me. God don't need you to go where he's already got the answer. He's going to send you where you don't want to go and do what you don't want to do with someone you probably don't like. That's the reason you got to pass all those other tests. And you have to have a heart after God. Now, listen. There is a rulership to this pulpit. But you want to know what it cost me to get here? And you don't want to know what it cost me to stay? Everything. Everything. You say, I want to rule and reign like Jesus. Do you? Let God train you. Because being in the perfect will of God, there is nothing like it. Now, later on, it talks about David's mighty men. You guys are starting to look like mighty men. We've got people in this church. I, I, will sta- I could drop some of y'all off in a town. And when I came back in a year, you'd have a move of God going. I can't say that about most churches, but I can say it about this one. That anointing. I'm going to tell you something about that. Barbara will remember the day. I think she'll remember, and Betty may remember the day. We're in a shopping center, and we would all sit around like Indians with our legs crossed and pray. And I remember one day I'm praying in the Spirit, and I looked up at an angel standing in front of me with a white robe in his hand, and it had spots on it like a leopard. And I just looked at it, and he goes, this is for you if you want it. And I said, what is it? He said, it's the robe I laid on Daniel, and it'll give you favor. And if I put it on you, all who come under you will have the favor of God. I said, yes, And boom, he disappeared and he laid it on my shoulders. And from that day, everybody who's ever joined this church and come under here has become prosperous. The favor of God comes on. But listen, there's a price that you pay to be here. Because we don't play games. You want that robe? It costs you to get it. You want that favor? It's going to cost you to get it. So what is a king? What, what's, what's the key here? Your heart. David was a man after God's heart. When your heart is after God, God will take you where he wants you to go. That's pretty good preaching. I want to pray for everybody in the room right now. I want to pray for you. Are y'all listening? Because I'm, I'm not just up here blowing smoke. I'm really, really seriously after you. God has something he wants to do in this city. And he wants the church to do it through. 
He has to have people who are going from glory to glory to glory. And you've got to pass the test. And you're doing fantastic. But you've got more tests to pass. You've got more tests to pass. You've got more tests you've got to pass. You're not as ready as, listen, leave it to God. Let him take you where he wants you to go. Don't despise it. And the next time you find yourself someplace and you're like, I don't think I like it here. (laughs) David found himself in places he's going. This ain't. He didn't know he was going to get anointed. And then the very king was going to run him out of town. He didn't know he was going to go. Jesus learned obedience. His family tried to shut him up. Pharisees tried to shut him up. Are you ready? You ready? Say, Heavenly Father, my heart is after you. I only want what you want. I want to thank you that I'm yours. You use me any way you want to use me. And you teach me what I need to know. Because I will rule and reign as a king in life. In Jesus' name. I want to tell you all one more story, please. The position that you're sitting in, every devil in hell wants you out of it. And you hadn't met Satan until you've made up your mind you're going to obey God. And you've got to make up your mind. You're going to stay seated. And nothing is going to get you out of God's will. You will have trouble. In the world, you will have trouble. But I've overcome the world. He didn't give you the Holy Ghost for nothing. He gave you the Holy Ghost because you're going to get in a fight with your flesh and the world and the devil. But you're more than a conqueror, and you're going to make it. David made it. Paul made it. Peter made it. Look at the people Jesus uses. Every one of them were by world standards losers. Look at the people that God brought to David. By world standards, losers. God made a mighty army. Today, the world laughs at the church because of the people like you. But they don't know about the God that you serve. Thank you. The God I serve is able. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to quit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't even gotten to this part yet. Wait till the millennial reign starts. You'll have a new body. There will be Adam's. Adam's people will be on this earth. There will be non-born again people on the planet. And you are the government. Don't be surprised they don't start using you before that. I know some of y'all going, Diane Vanilla? She li- I'll guarantee you she'll rule a city. So will you, Sheriff? 
so will you, Robert. I got to get done. I'm trying. Goodbye. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you know what time it is. Amen. As you listen to me this morning, take notes. Can you get up here and lead people to come to the front and be born again? Can you lead your neighbor? Can you lead your family member? If you're not sure how to do it, just listen to me. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Never, never go into talking to someone about Jesus and arguing and trying to prove God exists. Romans 1 says they already know. That's easy. That's what the Lord told me. They already know. He says, don't even go there with them. I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. When they go to hell, they don't think that. They see Jesus and go, my God. (laughs) They just do. So they already know. He said, preach the gospel. He said, they know, but they don't want you to talk about it. So you just preach the gospel. That's the only job you have for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I'm an atheist. You know. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. John 3.16. For God so loved you, Mr. Whoever you say you are. Why am I saying this? Because I talked to someone. (laughs) I have a story. John 3.16 says, For God so loved you. But I'm a this. For God so loved you. I don't have to prove him. I don't need to go into the science of it. Psalms 19 says, The heavens declare who he is. And it speaks every day, day and night. It says there's no tribe, tongue, or nation where their voice, the heaven's voice, does not speak to every person on the face of this earth, even the Goomby Goombies that Pastor talks about. So you don't have to defend God. For God so loved you, Mr., Mrs., that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you don't ever remember a time where you said, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Come into my heart. Romans 10. All you got to know is Romans 3.23, John 3.16, and Romans 10, 9, and 10 through 13. That's all you got to know. So if you don't ever remember saying, Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you're Lord. Father God, I believe you raised him from the dead. That's what you have to do. You be my Lord. He said, whoever puts their trust in me will never be ashamed. And whoever calls on me shall be saved. He is rich to all who call on him. He makes no distinction. I am paraphrasing Romans 10, 9 through 13. If you don't know that by heart, fellow believers, learn it by heart. If you're here this morning and you're like, I don't ever remember doing that, come up here, come up here now, because today's the day of salvation. Hi, Donna. My sweet Donna friend back here. I led her to the Lord on my couch in my office. And it's a joy to see her. She was going to hell and she's on her way to heaven. So the 
altar workers are coming to pray with you this morning. Don't go through these doors without knowing that you know that you're going to heaven when you die and Jesus wants to come and live big inside you. Because if you don't, there is a hell that is waiting on you. It was not made for you. It was made for the devil and his angels. But everybody who rejects Jesus and says, no, I don't need to do that, will go there. Not because he wants you to, but we, he can't have that in heaven. And what I learned is that if you're that way here and you don't want to change, then you're just going to bring evil to heaven that way. And he can't let that in. He loves you so much, but he loves you so much that he wants you to choose to love him without him making you. Amen. If you- we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.